0: This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590
1: The Fan.
2: Oh, am
0: Entirety giving you all you need to know. Nick Cipriolo, Justin Born, Derek Randeo, Jen Rolnick, and. Sammy McKee, fresh off of Hockey Day in Canada, Oh, and Sound style.
3: <laughs> yeah, which left him violently ill. But he's back. <laughs> <left him> violently <laughs> ill. That's not
4: something that we can use in next year's promotion. Sammy, <laughs> <Second. laughs>
0: we left you. You went. You came back. You told us you weren't coming in to work today. What a miraculous comeback!
1: But uh, I. It is truly miraculous that I'm here today. I sent a text to. Uh, Ryan Favreau, my our boss, saying, Hey man, no chance for tomorrow. I'm cracking up. Yeah. You. <laughs> so you sounded fine before the show. I know. And I just woke up this morning feeling better. I don't know. I think I got some food poisoning or something. But, boys, that was, was fries. I was. No, it wasn't them, I swear. I won't throw uh, anyone under the bus.
3: Fries on the I
4: YouTube
1: saw a Fry's picture and then a and following Wendell. text that said he was sick. Okay. No, and okay. I honestly didn't even. Perfect. I honestly didn't even drink that much, so I wish I could be like, ah, oh, it's the booze, but I barely drank the whole weekend. I don't know. You guys, food poisoning is no fun, no. absolutely no fun.
0: Did you go this weekend as like, star of Real Kipper and Born Sammy, or did you go as just like super
1: fan Sammy? Ah, uh, somewhere in the middle, I'd say.
3: I think you went as the townie. <laughs> <laughs> sideways sort of he no. went as the, the, the local townie did you wear your Sportsnet branded jacket
1: no mm. I actually wore I, my, I have a jacket from, that's my grandpa's um, from, it's a hockey jacket from his team from 1958 1959 wow. And it fits me perfectly. So every time I'm up in Owen Sound, I wear it to my own Sound jacket, basically. So I wore that the whole weekend.
3: Is your grandpa a gangly giant? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> basically,
1: we're very similar people.
0: Let's just say that. Whatever monster we created on this show yeah. when it comes to Sammy and mm-hmm. Owen Sound, I really got the sense that it paled in comparison to what Mike Fuda oh my God, yeah. was Boys, Fuda. in Owen Sound this weekend. Yeah. Cause all of my reports suggested this guy walked around Owen Sound
1: like he had the Da Vinci coat in his back pocket. <laughs> Feuder was a popular man, a very, very yeah. popular man. It was incredible. He was just, he was uh, in his element. Beautiful to see. So, and he
0: had his pop on the bench too. Did he yep, not? He did, That's which cool.
1: was a great thing to so, see. Family man, that Feuds. I was. I had a. So the last thing I'll say on uh, Hockey Day in Canada is I had. um I had a conversation with the owner of the On Sound Attack, who I know quite well. And, no
4: big
1: deal. Uh, it really isn't that big a deal. Uh, <laughs> Bob Severs. And he told me a story about Bobby Ryan came into town. Obviously, there's a big alum for, it's probably the best player in the history of the franchise for the On Sound Attack. And uh, he couldn't get, they couldn't get a hotel room for Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan, there's not one hotel room in On Sound. Everything wow. was booked up. It's a big weekend in the sound. So he, <laughs> he stayed. RV and he, the the st- no, he stayed with Bob for the first night. And then he went to his old billet's place for the other for the other nights that he was in on sound. So he the stayed. Yeah. Hotel six, six, so sta- it he in, stayed eh? at his junior billet's house. Uh, Bobby Ryan. That's so cool. That's that, super and they were cool. they were so fired up to have him. And apparently, he went to the fridge was the first thing he did. I <laughs> <laughs> think the billets made any money off of that. I that's doubt
3: what you're, it. They're supposed to get paid. Yeah, but they used to get. I think my billets used to get three hundred and fifty bucks a month to have me there, which I would eat in a weekend
0: <laughs> for sure. That was just a no. Win situation. They had no chance to get ahead. No. Zero.
3: None at all. So, yeah. So, there you go. There uh, For the record, I went to uh, a sports store this weekend to get my son skate sharpened, middle of a Saturday. Terrible idea. Got recognized by a few people. Two people told me to say hello and whatever to Sammy, one to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are for context uh, of the show. Oh, great. Perfect. <laughs> great. Great, great. It's about the math we like. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Everything else good. You, you,
1: there's just no way you caught any of that football on the weekend, and I, I kind of watched some of it, but I was borderline delirious yesterday, boys. Like I, I was. Ta- it was on the TV, but I wasn't really taking it. i I'm I'm
0: get trip crushed with the Bills out. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm
1: I,
3: I could not. Not happy at all that the catch at the back of the end zone was ruled not a catch, which it definitively
1: was a catch.
4: So yeah, yeah heart, heartbreaking. Not why they lost.
3: No, I guess more than that, more than one play.
1: I would say that I was very disappointed as well. But my big takeaway from that football game is Joe Burrow is a bad, bad man. and In a the, good, good way. The Buffalo Bills, they are, you know, it's a cursed franchise. Cursed franchises kind of stay that way as, a, you know, I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I kind of know this thing. Now that they've got this really good quarterback... He's now like the third best quarterback in the conference, and he's going to have to go through the other two guys all the time. And he may never do it. Heard do that you, before? Uh, right? Heard that once. before? I mean, it's, I mean, Mahomes probably better than Allen, and Burrow's definitely better than Allen. So you got to go through both those guys every time. Not do great. You, do you want to give your um, cell number out
0: to maybe some Buffalo Bill fans who are looking uh, towards you,
1: and maybe a few in Leaf Nation to say, "How do we handle this disappointment?" Yeah. No, I think they were. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time too. Like they lost four straight Super Bowls. I would say their pain is probably more intense based on that. Yeah, they've had more success leading to heartbreak than the Leafs had.
3: The Leafs have just You're never. About? The Leafs four haven't been to the... failed
0: Super Bowls. But
1: that's they what made mean that's it to way more Super Bowls. The Leafs can't get out of the first round. The Leafs haven't been to the finals since they won in the <laughs> in 67. My dad was 12. Who the Harold Ballard doc? It hasn't been fun here. Listen,
0: I'm going to say this only once, oh okay? Oh boy. At the end of the year, there is one Stanley Cup champion and there will be 31 losers. No. Losers. No,
3: that was the case when there were 16 teams in the league. Now there's a bunch of guys who did pretty good, too. We're giving out participation ribbons, second-place ribbons. You get a third-place bronze. I forgot about the era.
0: I forgot about your era growing up.
3: You didn't get a tinfoil award for finishing 13th ever? Okay, so where are we
0: off of Saturday night and the Leafs? Pretty good first period. Decent lead, everything pointing in the direction as it should. Mm-hmm. You are one a one of the top five teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You are playing one of the worst teams in the NHL. Just go about your business and get your win. Well, what happened after twenty minutes? The business stopped.
3: Win? Oh boy! Why don't uh, do you want to hear Sheldon? And yeah, get his take? let's go to Sheldon
0: on our first Gippers Clipper of the week.
5: Well, we gave him that goal early in the second period and. And that gave them life. Obviously, put life back in the building. Um, I thought we were fine after that. Probably really up until about the second timeout, we were we were fine. You know, I mean, you know the first TV timeout, like the shots were four to three for us, and I thought we responded well after the first goal for the first little bit. Uh, and then there's a couple sequences there, one around the 13 minute mark where they got four or five real good looks on, on a sequence that was entirely offside, but uh, that gave a lot of life, I thought, to their team and to the, to the, to the a game and the emotion and the building and all that, and we struggled to, to connect passes after that and break out, so we, our whole game got disconnected. Are, are we still in that, that window where the Leafs
0: just underachieve against lower teams? Is that, was that drawn
3: back in Saturday night? Yeah, tough to say. I feel like when they go out and play really, really well and aren't rewarded with, like, a big lead, then it's like, well, you know, it'll come. Like, it's tough to keep the pedal down against a team you you know you're better than. And I think Keith was asked about that, too, and not to plow through all our clips, but do you want to hear Keith Yeah, let's go, because this
0: is is not something new here. This has been... It's a reputation now. And maybe we get a sense of, Sheldon, have have a listen and. And listen to his tone because there is an insinuation that w- w- you're still underachieving against teams that you should beat. Have a listen.
5: No, I mean, look at our, if that was the case, we wouldn't have had the type of first period that we did. And so, you know, I don't think that's the case at all. Like I said, our team's well aware of, of uh, the fact they just beat two two of the top teams in the NHL just in the last seven days. So um, That's not it at all. Otherwise, we wouldn't have started the way we did. But uh, you know, we, we let up for just a second and, and they got life. at Full marks to them. I mean, they played they played hard. I mean that's 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 a that's a that was a fast and competitive and intense game. It's as loud an environment that we've played in all season long. Uh so there's there was a lot going on in the game that it was just a good hockey game.
4: But that's
0: their playoffs. Montreal yeah. goes into that game Saturday night, good point. national hockey night in Canada. That's as good as it's going to get the rest of the year. It will not
3: get any better than that. Yeah. You know what's coming even after 20 minutes. Yeah, particularly get, you know once they get a goal. It's like, okay, brace for Montreal here. And so you, they get scored on by Raphael Harvey-Pinard. You know, like, they, I know. It's not a ton of guys on that team that, that can burn you at this point with Caulfield out, and they still found a way. Listen, they're playing, and, of course, uh, they're Josh playing. Anderson. They're playing
0: yes. an American Hockey League team. Saturday night yeah that's the part that bothers me about Saturday night
3: yeah is that it's a team trying to lose who just sat down their best scorer for the season willingly to make sure he's right for next year like they've stated that this year having success doesn't matter but you're right you were going to get effort from them how do you find a way through that and yeah weren't up to the challenge the push in the third period though Kipper when they it was 2-2 and they said all right time to the def- be the Leafs, like, they played in Montreal's end for 15 minutes of that third period. Yeah. So, you know, it's there when they turned it on.
0: played well, too. Montreal I mean, was very good. His first goal that he gave up to Giordano was, mm-hmm. like, if he looks like an NHL goalie on that shot, they, they, they win the game in regulation. Yeah. That's, how, that's how good he was the rest of the way.
3: He actually sneaky leads the league in games stolen this year. Like games where his team underperforms the other team, but he manages to steal it. He's been very good in that regard for Montreal this year. Uh, it just drives me crazy that
1: the Leafs, all, they lose to the Habs a lot.
3: Last six times they've played, they've won twice, the yeah. Leafs.
1: Yeah, so since, and part I this is a maybe a bit of a galaxy brain way out there take, but... It does piss me off after losing to that team in the playoffs, where they no, matters. That matters. That Underachieved, and they yeah. and they go into this series, and they still yeah. don't want to go in there and kick the crap out of them. They don't play better again. Like I know they're an underachieving team. I know they stink or whatever. You're playing down to your opponents. It's a problem with this team, but with the Habs, it shouldn't be a problem. You should want to go out there and avenge that horrific loss that you had every single time. Why don't? Why doesn't it bother you? I don't know.
0: Uh- is that fair? No no killer instinct? Again?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, what know, it, that's what immediately what I think it, of. You know, it's a firm grasp of the big picture that they can probably play at 50% of their best and get two points. They didn't. I don't know. Like,
0: They're playing with fire with that, though.
3: Yeah. You know the example I used to J.D. Bunkus? We did the Leafs talk on Saturday night. It's like, if there's something you got to pick up on the counter and you only use the amount of effort you expect to need, The Leafs never play harder than they have to. You know, like, let's see if we can try this hard and get a win. It's like, well, it didn't happen. Then they turn it up in the third period. All right, try to take this game back. And Montembeau was just really good once they turned it up.
0: Yeah. Dangerous. Then the three-on-three. Like, I'm watching, like, your captain is John Tavares. He's out there
3: on an extended shift, and he's the last guy back trying to defend but Morgan Riley in overtime, he does not care what position he plays. No interest in, in being the defense man. Yeah. He is a player, one of the three players on the ice, and a good player. But he does not care. You said Tavares is back defending on another rush. Willie yeah. was well, back defending.
0: Tavares, if Mitch Marner, your arguably your best overall player, comes off the ice 45, 50 seconds, how are you out there still at a minute and a half and you can't skate like Mitch Marner?
3: Here, let's watch it together. For me, it's, it's well, sorry, the, the actuality winner is, yeah, you got Tavares is the guy just back. Just go back
0: and, a little further, though, and just, like, right now, honestly, like, Tavares should be off. He, or no, he no no. no. gapped up on he, that
3: guy. Anyway, that's anyways, not good Yeah, listen,
0: but I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think that they're okay letting it all hang out on a three-on-three. Either we're going to win this thing on the next rush or we're going to lose it.
3: But it hasn't worked. You know, like when they have started the camp uh, and Lilligren and whoever else they've had success, but it, they get scored on when their best players are on the ice
1: a lot in overtime. Rem Pitlick scores the game winner for for Montreal. So Yeah, the last time they won, they started the game. Who did they just beat in the sh- – oh, the Cats they beat in – Yeah, off Bradley's- of uh, Willie Nylander's yeah. finish. But they started with uh, camp – Uh, Marner and Lilligren to start that. Mm -hmm. so They kind of went for the combo of, you know, the defensive with with Marner, but I agree. It's too long a shift, and I feel like three-on-three kind of breeds the long shifts because you feel like you always have a chance to score the game-winning goal, and it's like you take one extra chance, and then you're caught out there, and then all of a sudden you're John Tavares trying to defend the goal as the last guy back. It's not a pretty situation. No,
3: Not great, but they have typically been exceptional at home did you want to talk more about that kip or no no
0: for sure for sure i was just going to say uh plenty to come up on the show including craig simpson in about 30 minutes and in, in the second hour of course continuously the hottest story for uh horrible reasons in vancouver uh where they officially made named rick Tockett uh head coach uh, Jason Bruff will sh- join us, co-host of uh, Holford and Bruff in Vancouver.
3: We actually got a lot to go on outside of the Leafs here because this Vancouver stuff is unbelievable.
0: Oh, and then we can turn it into a little uh, Daryl Sutter stuff.
3: And then you can turn that into Butch Cassidy in Vegas. <laughs> what, is, yeah. what is going on with Butch
0: coaches <laughs> now? And
3: uh, you're getting a little voc- vocal. And Butch Cassidy.
1: Uh, <laughs> he, was, he goes by Butch well, sometimes. Is he? Yeah.
0: Kind of ripped oh. on... Uh, oh. uh, Jack Eichel, a little little bit. He did. Daryl Sutter on his uh, uh, prospect. Yeah. Jacob Pelchier. Jacob Pelchier. See, I've forgotten that, but that pales in comparison for your head coach forgetting your number.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't, right? He was just like mm-hmm. so dismissive. So but yes,
0: tons to go. Uh, but let's finish off a, a little bit more on the Toronto Maple Leafs as they now encounter three games this week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We love that, don't we? we do we do? It's great. And then, capping uh, the weekend will be a, a rare Sunday. Uh, what five o'clock start? Eastern? Yeah.
3: Yeah, right in the
1: middle of two football conference final matchups. Really smart scheduling here by the <laughs> NHL. If they, they honestly, if they wanted to try every new rule in the book in this game, they yeah. could make sure they could do a it because no one's game and no, no st- one would even yeah. come up in the so, national you, media. Um,
0: you think it was bad of the NFL not to cancel going up against Toronto Washington? <laughs>
1: well so Is that a- what you're saying? Yes, the AFC championship games at three oh five and the NFC championship games at six thirty. And the Leafs, they tried to wedge it into five for you. They, that's, they tried to split the difference. That's really not smart scheduling.
3: Well, it could have been three or seven. That's They, they tried. Well, yeah, they tried.
0: First three at home, big games. Mm-hmm. Let's get Sheldon Keefe on uh, what home ice means to him.
5: I mean, obviously, I just think we've played good hockey here. You know, we played a good team game. You know, and, and even at times, at times when maybe we haven't played well, we found ways to win. We found ways to come back in games and and flip momentum and things like that, all, all things that you want to be able to do on home ice. Uh, you know, so uh, I think it—it it just a uh, matter of things really coming together for us here. You want to, of course, be a team that plays the same and can play well in both spots, home and away, and we've played well on the road at different times too, but you certainly need to, need to take care of your home games, and we've done that well, and of course it's going to be a theme for the week.
0: I don't know, are they, are they there where it's like Playing at home is a big advantage now. Crowd, noise, all of that. Do you you get that sense? Or there's too many out there that says, uh, "I'll wait for the first round." (laughs)
3: I don't know. I They're really good at home. And I, th- I think that should be a point of pride, you know, and particularly when they're going to be fighting for home ice, like make it a place that other teams don't want to go play, don't have success. You're able to beat them down. This is a big stretch here. They got five in a row at home coming up, five straight. And yeah. all teams, all five teams are between 10th and 20th in the league. Like not bad teams, but not great teams either. So you got a chance to test a lot of things, see how your team legitimately looks over a stretch of time at home. These are big games.
1: They have a really good record at home. Like, it is, it's definitely, you know, they're, I think they're 17-3-4 at home this year, the least are. Yeah. Like, they really do, Don't, and I don't I don't necessarily think their atmosphere, like, I don't think that's m- the main reason for it. Like, I think you're kind of poking a little fun at them not having the most raucous crowd at all times, but... It
0: can be fickle. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're there. It's <laughs> a, a good word for it. it. Sometimes they're there and they're Agreed. paying attention. Other times they're cutting deals in the... In the lounge to pay for the damn tickets. That's you know, what they do.
3: But I think of when Tavares scores that goal that gets waved off in game seven. And I think of playoffs the Playoffs are a complete. You know, different like animal. that building, it's loud. You yeah. know, it can, they can find it. You're right. Yeah. So you just need to, it's almost like any laser pointer will distract them like cats in the building. But you get into playoffs and you say, okay, watch the game. okay? Yeah. You can get a pretty good crowd going in there.
0: All right. Samson off. Pretty good again, Saturday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, busy. He probably was a little tired after Saturday night. Probably <laughs> a little more tired than he would have thought.
3: Yeah, a little, uh, a little more work.
0: Good enough. That's a nice
3: warm-up for me, yeah? <laughs> That's a great
4: clip.
0: A little surprised he's getting the start and they wouldn't go back to Matt
1: Murray here? No, he's the he's the home ace. I am very surprised. He's the home ace. He never loses at home. How do you not go to him? No, I'm stunned like stunned. stunned like I can't believe it
3: what about are you not surprised
0: let's go to Sheldon okay. on Samsonov and then we're going to come out
3: All right.
5: yeah I think he's earned it you know I think that the door opened for him here in terms of coming in for in relief for us and uh, when he did and he's done a really good job um, you know I think he deserved better the other night in terms of a results so I want to get him right back in here again and it's obviously you know the guy's played really well at home for us so it's a good chance for he and our team to respond tonight
0: to answer your question, I am surprised, mm-hmm. but I'm glad. Okay. I am. I'm I've, I've been kind of calling for this the last little while, and both have had ample opportunities. I think they need somebody to have a long stretch of this type of play. Yeah. And it will go a long way to make people believers. And they're make no mistake, whatever Samsonov does from here on end, whatever Matt Murray does from here on end. They're going into that first round underdogs in that. No doubt. The only question is, how big of a gap can you close to make people believe that you can be the second best goalie in this series and still win?
3: Yeah. It's a great question. Um, you know, here's why I'm shocked by it is they do have incentive for Matt Murray to be the guy. If all things were equal, you would like to, the guy who you're paying more, who you've got an extra year in his contract, you've, you've gambled on. You would like him to end up as your guy, so I'm surprised. You know, Matt Murray's last four games, he's won three of them. He's been a he's a nine eleven on the season save percentage. He's really only had two. His last game and a half have not been great. But it's interesting to me to say, you know, this is Samsonov's now fourth in a row, third third in a row plus the other half of the game that he played. I'm just surprised that they're saying that's enough for them to go to Samsonov over and over and again, rather than get Murray well, back in and reestablish. Yeah,
0: I got to think that. Four games this week like Samson I he's not playing all of them 100%. right so it's just a matter of now let's just say for argument's sake uh, a solid 30 plus shots mm-hmm. he gives up a couple they win 5-2 do you go right back with him on Wednesday against the New York Rangers or do you give him the break and maybe yeah. look towards the weekend
3: you know that you know, actually, maybe it's the next clip, but the, you know, Sheldon talks about how, you know, over this stretch of games that you, you want to in the second half of the season for a guy to start to run with it. Like you want one of the guys to yeah. to sort of establish themselves. And so it could be to your point that, okay, we passed game 41. If you play well, you earn the chance to be our starting yeah. goalie.
0: I. Against a, a team that uh, like the New York Rangers, not to get ahead of the Islanders tonight, but against the New York Rangers, if if Samsonov does have a good showing tonight, I would go right back to him Wednesday.
3: I mean, even if you have a number one starter, you don't play him four times in a seven game stretch. So you are going to get Murray
1: in at some point. Yeah. So I think it's pretty, and I think it it would be set up better for Murray Friday against on a, former a Friday team against the former team in Ottawa. Let's. Let's
0: go to Sheldon uh, so we can pick up exactly yeah. what you're talking about uh, on, uh, on this stretch in the back half of the season.
5: Well, I don't know what the word, I don't know about separating or anything like that, but obviously we're going back with him tonight, and I think he's, he's earned it. I think we've talked about it previously. is for me, you know we were you know part of, part of how we were moving the goalies was early in the season was A, managing them coming off of injuries. Be trying to get them both reps and get them in the net after missing significant time from injuries, not having them just sit too long coming out of being injured, and then also that both were playing really well at the same time, and then both sort of you know uh, slept at the same time, so it was harder to have any sort of separation. But I think we're we're into the second half of the season here now, and I think it's important to give guys the opportunities when they've earned it. And Matt will be ready when he gets back in, and he'll get his chance to. To go back back with it. But we've got two guys that are going to compete for the net. And uh, we like that.
0: So JB, he had clearly a a few bucks to check Mm -hmm. in the first half. They've been checked. Now it's best man wins.
3: Love that. I do like the idea that someone can win this thing now. That it's okay. We've given you both a chance. Neither of you has been the guy. So
0: Wow. What's your interpretation of winning this thing?
3: (laughs) The chance to be the starter in playoffs. Is that not the win?
0: Yeah, well, end of January, early February, you could right. win, yeah. and then I don't know what sure. it looks like by then. And
3: I could win the first six holes in match play and <laughs> <laughs> lose the next 12. Well, That's an option. What yeah.
0: happens with uh, a couple of bad starts in April yeah. on, on each of them? Do you revert to what you've learned from January to March, or are you really basing it on – the current temperature uh that day.
3: Listen, there's no way to talk this thing comfortable. It's all <laughs> uncomfortable. They're going into the playoffs with an uncomfortable goaltender situation. Memory's a nine eleven and what's uh nine nineteen. Nine nineteen. Like they've been tremendous.
1: Yeah. Samsonov's got really and, nice numbers. Uh, well,
3: we've yeah.
0: We've said uh, it. Like- if if you can sit between nine ten and nine fifteen What's better out there? It's not like there's going to be something out there that's better. That's
3: what's making it hard to get and someone else.
0: And you're married to it. Yeah. And it, it should be good enough. If, if the Stars perform yeah. and they give you a chance to win, that should be enough.
3: If the it, Leafs yeah. goalie gives them a
0: 9-12.
3: Well, then they've got a good chance to win. But a nine oh five, they can't even complain. If you can't outperform a nine oh five right now, can you complain that it was the goalie's fault? It,
0: I don't know. if
1: the other guy doing 930? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it right now. that uh, with uh, Today in clips that will definitely not come back to haunt me. But if either of the Leafs' goaltenders or both of them put up a 920 in the playoffs, the Leafs will make it out of the first round.
4: Yeah,
3: I for sure. For sure,
1: for sure, for sure. I don't even know if necessarily that's that hot of a take. But heart, I heart could definitely see. They'll figure it out. Like, I mean,
3: Vasilevsky... You know what happens when your goalie's good? Your team wins. Like, oh, Hellebuck's good. Look at Winnipeg's yes. run. Yes. Like, Osha
1: oh, not as good. The Rangers aren't as good. The most heartbreaking thing about last year's playoffs is that Vasilevsky wasn't very good. What was he in? He was under nine. In Toronto? Yeah, in that playoff series. He was under nine. Gulp. Yeah, right? So it's like, how many times is that going to happen in, in a row? Not That's many. scary thing. Bob? Anyways. The other theory
0: I have... Mm. Love theories. Me too. Is that... <laughs> That right now, they see something that is wrong with Matt Murray. As in physically injury? Technically. 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 Okay. And he needs time now to work on it.
3: Six million dollar man, the real rebuilding his catching hand.
0: You don't think that there might be something technically that they have not liked in the last two weeks, three weeks with this guy? Yeah. Because everybody talks about it. For
3: sure. No, I... High I,
0: glove. Yeah. Uh, Five holes. Let's get Mike McKenna Not yeah. care for... <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all, right? for
0: me, the way he holds his glove. So is it fair to put him back in there when you're trying to maybe work on something technically?
3: Good point. You know, like when... I'm just golf analogies today, but you do go work it out on the range for hours before you're supposed to take any swing thaw, You know, changes to the range. I'm sure it's similar in any sport. You know, it's got to be in the gym before it's on the field of play, so... That's a good point. I could see that happening. Yep. And try to get him right. Give Put him in a chance to succeed, position to succeed in the late part of the year.
0: And let's just uh, hope uh, Samson, uh, Samsonov can hold the fort.
3: He's been very, very good so far. Old Ilya. All
0: right. A uh, little TJ Brody
3: update out of Sheldon. Hold on. Quick question. Yeah. Do you think Kyle would want Ilya Samsonov to play really well so they could get a cheap starter? We've had this debate before, but...
0: A cheap starter by the end of the year?
3: Yeah, and then they can move on from Murray and make Samsonov the guy. Is there any chance they see Samsonov as the guy?
0: I, I yes. Know. The answer is I, all Kyle cares about is somebody <laughs> getting the job yeah. done. Yeah. But as far as now, like Would Samsonov they prefer it to
3: Murray in the end?
0: R- running with it? Like, who is a better upgrade yeah, no than one. Matt Murray right now? Where would you go? Yeah, yeah. Cam Talbot talked. will be available.
3: Yeah. Or whoever. Yeah, we've.
0: And you don't want to switch that. No. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't see it. I think they're married to this. They were committed to it in October, and they'll be committed to it in April. Sam Montembo? Mm.
3: By the way, I recently decided I, I want to leave to get Timo Meyer.
0: I think you're just, yeah, just th- throwing it up on the wall. Oh, I am.
3: You're right with Montembeau more than Meyer. Meyer, I think, is a legit difference maker. See, Ma-
0: Meyer's in the Bo Horvat family, is he not?
3: He, I, I think he's better. I think
1: he's more valuable, probably than Horvat. He is.
3: Think. He's got. He's got that big qualifying offer. But I'm wondering if it's like the Emmy, where you can say, "We'll give you a longer term deal if you'll sign for less." He was chucking him yesterday with
1: fistfight yes, with, with, with Connor in the Clift National League. Yeah, he was going yesterday, and he held his own. I was surprised. He's bigger than I thought he was. He
3: is. He's, he's
1: 6'1", six one two hundred or something.
0: Vision the Leafs getting him with.
3: Big assets in terms of assets, I can see it, but I just can't see it fitting in the future. So I don't know, Nick.
1: But I want him to be a Leaf. That's all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to me, yeah, he's
1: such a perfect fit for the Leafs right now. In terms that you, it's kind of one of those things that you're going all in on this. Run I think he needs fig- the NHL in shots. And or last I checked, he was top three anyway. Kind of figure it out after kind of thing. At this point, is that a crazy thought, Kipper? You're looking at me like a.
0: It's not a crazy thought, but I don't think it's a realistic thought right now. He's
3: first in the NHL in shots, tied with Pasternak, 219.
0: Like you're talking about, uh, well, first of all, you, you ever even dream of being in the conversation? We know that you have to give up Matthew Nyes. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yes. Okay. And I don't, are you guys there? Yep. No problem? Yep. Done deal. Good, good, gone. You know- well,
1: listen, I, I've looked at the... It's far enough away that I don't have to worry about them that much. My
3: boy Anthony Petrelli on Maple Leaf Hot Stove wrote about some of the guys who came out of college and the success they had their first year out of college, yeah. the impact that they were able to have. And unless your name is basically Kale McCarr, the impact is almost non-existent for most of these guys. Maybe some power play points. But, you know, like, it, it really is fanciful to think that Nice is going to come in and, you know, be a point-per-game guy in the top six. So... If it's not now for the Leafs, then when? So yeah, you kind of have to come to grips with the fact that it's there's going to be big costs here and you know you need to make a move, a big move, a Timo Meyer move. I think
0: if Matthew Knives comes in and, and can be as noticeable as um uh Bobby McMahon, McMahon. Yes, McMahon. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that would be successful. Me
3: too. Me too. Yeah, you'd love to have him down there banging away, four checking. I agree. Bobby McMahon has uh has got 20 shot attempts in four games for the Leafs. It's been great. And again,
0: noticeable for me. Big can get in. He's around
3: the puck. Great. Dryden Hunt was on waivers before that game ended yesterday. They were like, yeah, we like McMahon. Wow. Well, he cleared, by the way. Hallelujah. He cleared, yeah. He cleared. Yeah,
0: He can't just keep. Running it through the system, eventually people catch on with hunt, yeah,
3: see I still I still think he's an NHL player
0: he's he is yeah, thirteenth, fourteenth forward, yeah, just not twelve when your lineup's supposed to be good, right,
3: yeah, no, I get that, I get that that's uh, and the fact that uh our
0: just missed the all star game by this much pontus uh oh is back he
3: didn't get in eh? he no. didn't get
0: in we, we didn't vote him in that's
3: why they won't publish the data because he definitely did
0: <laughs> he qualified wake up
3: people but come he's on. back Sheeple.
0: but just to go to your point about um you got pontus and you got uh mcmahon and that's sounds like pretty much a two-thirds of your fourth line come the stanley cup playoffs
3: I feel like I'm playing the part really? of you. Does that sound like a fourth line to you that wins yeah, the Stanley better. Cup? Better. Oh. Wow.
0: Better. <laughs> I'm not saying it's perfect. Yeah. And I don't know who that third guy's going to be, but these but if it's two a guys. Player,
3: if it's David camper the, These two guys have a center. chance
0: to be in the lineup in game one of the Stanley Cup final. I can see it. And they look to me a little bigger, a little heavier. Yeah. Do they have. A mean streak like Corey Perry or Maroon? No. Will they ever? No. But this is better than right now Hunt and uh, Aston Reese as two-thirds for me. And who else?
3: Uh, (laughs) I never know what's a drop in your (laughs) voice. The line of Camp with uh, McMahon and Aston Reese or whoever, Camp and Engvall, McMahon, I forget who exactly it is, is uh, has controlled the play. When they've been out in their minutes together, they've had something like two-thirds of the shots and a, more of the scoring chances and everything. So you're right. They have controlled play in a way that you would like your fourth line to. Whether you know the names or not, they've had success so far.
0: Okay, let's go to Sheldon on uh, getting uh, Pontus back in the lineup.
5: Well, Holmberg just bringing him back in, and you know, we, uh, he the illness sort of hit him pretty hard at a time where he missed four or five days away from the rink and away from our team, and, and then we didn't have a lot of practice time and stuff to get him back going, and uh, you know, we were left, we were taking a day off right at a time when he needed to get some volume in, and it just made sense to get him down and get him some proper reps and, and playing lots at the AHL level. But knowing he was going to come right back and in terms of hunt, that's, that's that's Kyle, just managing the roster and all those kind of things. But we like a lot of a hunt as well, and we'll see what happens here today. Um, take it from there.
1: That's the GM, guys. I'm the coach. So he was sick, eh? Holmberg, my God. Four or five days away, wasn't like me. <laughs> Not like the great Sam McKee. Didn't come right back. This time tomorrow, we could be wishing that they dressed you tonight. <laughs> I don't think you want that. Not a lot of pace to my game, boys. Fellas,
3: I got out in a room today. I'm rink thrilled. Yesterday. went for a little skate, hockey puck, skating around. I got to tell you, it felt amazing. I need to play some real hockey, but a r- little disheartening. A uh, uh, little disheartening that I'm so much worse than I once was.
0: Oh, buddy, wait till you get to my age. You're like, did I really play? <laughs> yeah,
3: like, I used to, be able to do this. Seriously?
0: Like, like I know, like one of like seven hundred in the best league in the world. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. No, it uh, goes quick. Goes quick. But, but you're going tonight. I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm going to the game tonight. You're going yeah. to the game tonight. Very excited. And my you're son's not, you're not first going NHL with, game. Yeah, you're not. You're not taking Sammy and I.
3: No, I'm not. Unfortunately, it's going to be my son and my wife will be there. And uh, yeah, listen, I'm going to be wearing the Islanders gear today. I'm. A, I love the Leafs. I am under legal obligation to wear Islanders stuff tonight. I need everyone in Leafs Nation to know that. <laughs> I'm not on here hating on the Leafs because oh, I'm a my, secret if Isles. News,
0: we're blaming you. <laughs> you know how Fair. the game's going to start? Eh? Your kid's going to be right into it, and then, like, 10 minutes later, it's like, what's that? Oh, yeah. What's that? You think
3: I'm going to get 10 minutes into uh, it? It's, <laughs> a, it's a
0: speaker. <laughs> now watch the
1: game. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Austin Matthews, thirty-four. I, I'm really looking forward to you getting chirped by some real Kipper Embor. <laughs> oh, what's that all about? That yeah. jersey. Somebody's oh, yeah. coming after you, big time. I know. Guaranteed. Looking forward to it.
0: Are you? uh, uh You got the uh, reservation in the Platinum Club tonight?
1: You we're
3: gonna be the Sure Sure. it called Sure club? <laughs> <Yeah, I hope laughs> the club. Yeah, we'll be the Sure
0: Club. Don't take your kid
3: to the Sure <laughs> Club. Okay, <laughs> do not. Do not. Yeah, talk about blowing your mind for your first experience <laughs> in the professional arena.
0: What do we... Uh, give us uh, an expectation of the Islanders. I got to yeah. tell you that I just... I see them slow.
3: Can't score. Yep. Can't score. A little old and slow. Uh, Frustrating. You know, like a lot to like on the back end. You got Dobson and Pellick and Pellich and... Or sorry, uh, Pullic and Pellich and yeah. Bayfield. Sorokin's great. But up front, it's like Barzal and then a bunch of... Veteran guys, Nelson and Lee and Pe- Peugeot and Parisi. And they just, yeah, they don't, they're not able to break games open. They play at a bit of a plodding pace. Tough game for the Leafs. If you very playoff style team, the Islanders. So getting to the front of the net shouldn't be too easy.
0: Barzell, per- not even going to the all-star game. That's, that's your star. Yeah. That's your face but you don't of your franchise. So
3: the NHL picked the guys, right? I don't know. I know, but we don't believe that the nhl said hey islanders we can assume they that called someone and said who do you want to <laughs> go
0: we can assume that uh i would imagine that they would have liked to have barzell
3: there i see i think they probably called lou and said you know what do you think who which one of your guys here you? nelson lee Peugeot, or who, who's it gonna be barzell and they said and i bet lou said you're not taking that barzell kid not <laughs> the way he's been playing this year <laughs> there, there you're not is, rewarding uh, that eight million, He's probably million
0: been a precedent set on that a few times
3: yeah I, i'm thinking they are, don't like barzell's first half or L- lou doesn't so they so, send the guy
1: works hard and he's a saw some uh so he goes to the bahamas for five days he just must be crushed oh ruined last week i saw that there was some fire lou chants at the old ubs arena were there yeah missing the playoffs uh an option Fairly
3: real possibility
0: an option like is it is that a card that lou can play still these days
3: i think lou is in a position where maybe he needs to push like they do have that playoff style team that it wouldn't shock me if they upset someone in the playoffs like they just got to get in type of team
1: but you
3: know you got to get in you got to win a lot of hockey games to get in they need to make a move to
1: ensure they got a chance here they're they're fading here like they're you know they got their three points back at the last spot and the penguins have played two less games than them like it's heading in the wrong direction. They need points desperately.
3: Fancies are ugly too. Like they're just two, five, and three in their last 10.
1: Maybe uh, Florida back in it? Maybe Lou would be so not kind to trade Mayfield to the Leafs. Now we're talking. You would need the Leafs to
3: go, or sorry, the Islanders to go on a significant. What's the opposite of a heater? Freezer? A would freezer. You, would you trade
0: Sandine for Mayf- Mayfield?
3: Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 I would. I would. Shoots right, though, doesn't Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Eh, nah, maybe not. I don't know. That's a tough one. One Plus, year, if, you, if you're if you going to maybe get him back, but I think this is the last year of his contract. He's just, he's him. impactful, Mayfield, to me. He's huge.
0: Can you that, check on that?
1: Yeah, I think. Is I think, he it,
0: UFA? I think he is. So maybe I wouldn't No, do he it. might have another year.
1: I think he has another year.
4: Hmm.
0: I think he signed uh,
1: an extension. This is the last year of a five-year contract that he signed in... 2018. And what's his number right now? 1.45. Oh, my God. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're paying for that. It's like the Hagel thing, right? Yeah, but it's, this is the last year of it. Right. What do you think he's going to get next year? More than that. Four? Probably four four and, and a half? Yeah. Five? The, when we went to that game. Yeah, I maybe mean, probably four or four and a half. Because the last right. time when we no, went, the Leafs all, can't afford that. When right? we all went to the game, they played the Islanders last time we all went. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at Mayfield and being that guy is a monster. The, the Islanders are huge. Yes. He is a monster.
4: Like
3: andersley Brock Nelson, like they are big fellas. Yeah. See,
0: I just go back to... six five two twenty five. <laughs> I just go back to what Manson meant to Colorado last year. Yeah. As good as Colorado was, and as, the feeling was this was going to be their year...
3: They still went out and got a guy like that, right? I also genuinely think there's animosity with Lou and Kyle. And is Lou going to send him yeah. Scott Mayfield? No chance.
0: He will if he gets his firstborn,
1: <laughs> aka Sandine as his first draft well, pick, may, so. and, and maybe
0: a, a second rounder. I, I don't know what he would hold him hostage for. Right. For, for. Right. But it would be, it would be if you want him, take him. But it's going to cost you here. I may deliver you a Stanley Cup. Love Mayfield. All right. Yeah, we're big fans. Okay, let's take a quick break. Craig Simpson, former NHL or two time Stanley Cup champion, and he's up next on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show.
5: Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time
4: with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: As we get
0: set for tonight's clash between the New York Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's welcome in Craig Simpson. Fresh off, still a great tradition, (laughs) Toronto-Montreal. As far as the outcome for Leaf fans, maybe not so much, Simmer, but uh, uh, wasn't hard to sense that maybe this is the best that it gets all season long for some of those young Montreal-Canadian players.
2: Yeah, you, you know how it goes. You get an opportunity and you try to do your best uh, with it. I thought, the, you know, it, Montreal, it doesn't matter where they are in the standings. You get a Saturday night against Toronto. It's always seemingly a, a good contest. They they play with pace. They play with energy. There's excitement in the building. So, you know, to have a game that they got down on and didn't have much of a good first period on home ice, Toronto dominated for the most part. You know, it's it's a testament to... Their ability, uh, I thought the Belzeal line from, you know, the little bow line really gave them some energy, scored a big goal. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it'll be a disappointing loss for Sheldon Keith and the, and the Leafs. But uh, if nothing else, at least continuing to chip away at some points, even in the games that they do lose.
3: What are your thoughts on uh, what's going on in the crease right now, uh, Celia Sam? Can, can I just
0: follow yeah, up one yeah, please more? Please do. Uh, uh, right so, ahead. And no. I don't mean to cut nope. you off. Just, nope, nope, just go in right terms
3: ahead. of Toronto and
0: Montreal, Simmer. And yep. I know yep. that you can just sit there and say, for, for a lot of us as well, that it's January and it's kind of maybe a little of a lull here. But, you know, when I look at like blown leads that the Leafs have had over Montreal, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sammy, but eight of the. The Canadians' last eleven regular season wins over the Leafs have come from coming from, from behind. behind, like when does it stop being just a, a mid January kind of blimp in the in the schedule to hey sheldon what's going on here with blown leads yeah. against teams that we should be beating
2: yeah you know there's there's definitely some validity to that, and it, it, it again has always. You know, I always say during the regular season, you're, you're taking your lumps to learn what, what it feels like, what's happening in the game, how do you change it so that it doesn't happen at the most critical time. You know, I, I think go back to just a week and a half ago against Florida when the Leafs on home ice were down. I think I said before the comeback, you know, this is a game where Samsonov comes in and shuts the door and the tide turns and you look back on that and say, remember that, that, that game in a series, if if that's a playoff series, might win you the series when you're down and it feels like the other team's got it in the bag, and you come back and win. So I think sometimes when you're playing a non-playoff team or you know maybe a rivalry that uh, just one team has had your number, those things can happen. But I do think you have to learn from them and you have to try to identify what happens in the game. I, I thought you know if you analyze the first period least one all the loose puck battles. I, I I think the possession time in the offensive zone, they were two minutes of possession time more than Montreal had. But in the second, you you know, you kind of forgot the hard work it takes to get that possession. And, you know, that is the lesson, I guess, Nick, as you're saying, you know, when do you sort of learn from it? When do you stop it? Uh, you, you have to be able to identify when that happens and be able to rectify it and change it. And, you know, It's not unique to the Leafs' higher-seeded teams that that stumble a bit against games that they should win. I I think it happens league-wide. You know that it's exemplified from a team that you follow, so you see it and you react to it. But it's not a new phenomena. I I think it's been happening forever. And that's where you sort of look at those teams that can separate themselves, like Boston has this this year, for that matter, and and not have those letdowns on, on those kind of nights.
3: You know, and the that goaltending situation I was uh, getting at there—it's it, an interesting one now that they're going back with Ole Samsonov here for a third straight start, three and a half straight games for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you feel about the idea of maybe trying to find a starter here in the second half of the season, where they kind of wanted to give both guys a look early? Is that what's happening?
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, what we talked about this maybe I don't know three weeks ago or so. I, I just said the. The one thing I would not want to be uh, as the coach of the Leafs going into playoffs is not sure who my guy is and having to make a decision every night of who's got the net. I think you've worked it appropriately. You've kind of done the half and half. This will be just the second time all year that uh, Samsonov has started three in a row. Um, he did it once when Murray was out and Shalgren was uh, the, the backup. So it, it's not like he's had the opportunity yet to, to be three straight. I know he came in in relief, so this will be four straight games he's played in. But that relief game, as I just mentioned earlier, was, was a big one that, that had real value. And he was a spark. He shut the door. He, he didn't allow anything and allowed his team to come back. Came back with a good win against another tough team thought he deserved probably a better result in the montreal game i don't think you pin that that game on him so i like it uh quite frankly jason i i think you you know you're not just gratuitously giving just for the sake of well let's see what he's got i, I think you're rewarding him with a good effort you get murray continually to work on his game and you know he's going to get the opportunity to bounce back from being taken out of that game earlier and no reason why he shouldn't have to wait another game. You, you know, for me, if Samson off, this is a busy, busy week, but it's also a great week to get into a rhythm. So if he plays great tonight, I'm going right back with him against uh, the Rangers on Wednesday. And then, you know, make your decision off of that game again. I, I don't think there's any harm. I don't think there's any issue of playing four straight games for the for the condition that these guys are in. And I think it's a worthwhile task to say, He's had great success at home. He's on a good little run. Let's see what we can get out of him. I I quite frankly think it's the right call.
0: We're joined by Craig Simpson, uh, Hockey Night in Canada analyst. So Simmer, you've played the game. You've coached the game. You've been behind. You've been part of coaching staffs. Let me ask you when it comes to a goaltending situation where you may have two guys kind of battling out as as a coaching staff or you individually, would you ever sit there and, and and quietly cheer for one particular guy because you really believe at the end of the day they will give you a better chance to win? Or
2: well, I don't is it just I don't think there's any open? question that you know human nature, Nick. You you got a gut feel of who your guy's gonna be. I, I don't think if you if you put the honesty rope around Sheldon, you've got a guy that in his mind thinks he's probably going to have to give the reins to. But uh, I, as I said, the most the most trying thing in with our with entire coaching staff. You know, ultimately it's the head coach who makes the decision. But you're having discussion with your goaltender coach, with your assistant coaches get a consensus of how you feel and what your mindset is on each guy which one do the players trust too that come playoff time you know more than anything on the bench what it means to have a guy even if he struggles a little bit for a short period if you've got a guy that the the guys respond to and all of a sudden he makes a big save and they dig in and say let's get this one let's get back in this game he's going to shut the door that means something too that that's another little extra edge so I, I don't. I don't think there's any question that you know the coach will have in his mind a uh, hope. You know, maybe this is the stretch, uh, Nick, where if Keith's saying, you know, I, I think the upside guy is is Samsonov to go on a good run and and prove that he can be an
6: everyday
2: guy. I know the historical. Like, look at the history for Murray. He's okay coming in as the rescue. You know, he came in. As a rookie and went on the cup run. The second year, it was Flurry's net until he stumbled, and then Murray came back in and, and went the rest of the way. So I think historically there's there's that comfort there as well. But you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a good a good game tonight again by Samsonov that you might see one or two more starts in a row to see if he can get on a roll. And and I would like to have one guy uh, stand out in front of the other before you get to playoff time so that so that you're not sitting you know with a bit of a a tough decision of who we're going to start tonight in game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs
3: Simmer, the Leafs' fourth line, like third and fourth line, has really been interesting over the past couple of years because they've done something other teams hadn't in that they've kind of gone with veteran names that you know that are out of their prime. We've had Simmons, Spezza, Clifford, Thornton, Marlowe, all these different, you know, named dudes. And right now, Bobby McMahon and Pontus Holmberg, who are absolutely not names, look like they may be a part of the bottom six do you believe that inexperienced young guys like that can have the impact they're looking for over the way that they've gone in the past?
2: I, I I do. Uh I think you look again historically, go back to those penguins of sixteen and seventeen, um, you know, when Sullivan took over. He he had guys that he trusted in the American Hockey League and put them in roles uh at the end of the season and then through the playoffs, uh, to just bring energy, play hard, check. You know, have enthusiasm, and uh, I think that's really important. And and the common denominator is, let's face it, the the guys in those lower bottom six roles have to have speed. Yeah, I mean, they they have to have a physical element, but they have to be able to bring the pace of the game up and keep the pressure on. And I said, I can't even remember how many years ago was it when they signed Thornton and uh, and Simmons. Uh, what three years ago now? My my view on that was great from an experience standpoint that the team needed it a bit, but my first thought was, come playoff time, if I'm Sheldon Keith, I know I can't play them. I, I'm going to lose the matchup, and I, I'm it's going to kill a rhythm of our team. And I think that really did play out in those scenarios. So, you know, McMahon has the opportunity now for for a bit, and he he's proven that. Do the simple things, Nick. You you know, in that role you just got to be on a positive note. Whether whether you score a goal or not isn't always it, but so many times now the third and fourth line has spent 35 seconds in the offensive zone, and then the Matthews line has changed on the fly. You know, those are the kind of things that you just need and keep pushing the pace of the game so you don't have a black hole between the top two lines and the bottom. And, uh, you know, the opportunity there for them, and I think you got to have a little bit of trust, and the trust comes from... Even though Holmberg doesn't have a whole lot of experience at the NHL level, he's an experienced guy that, that the guys trust. And I think the key is having Kerfoot in that bottom six as well, that instead of, you know, wasting a, a top six spot, he's another guy that can give you some offense, but also gives you a great, you know, all-around game in that bottom six.
0: And, and just identifying your role and just uh, embracing it and yeah. and just feeling like, this is this is what I do to help us win a Stanley Cup and be locked in. Don't be that guy that just uh, is temporary. He thinks he's temporarily on the fourth line, just waiting for the bump up. Because yeah, I, and he's
2: I, looking like, why am I? I I'm going right. to get my chance if I can score here. Yeah. No, play the role and play it hard. And I think you're starting. You know, look over the last Well, they Sheldon Keith years here. There's no question that he has more trust in his third and fourth line uh this year than he has at any other and and because of that Nick, because you do have more of a defined role and guys who, who seem comfortable playing it excited for the opportunity and bringing energy because it they do really say hey this is a chance for me to stick on this team and have an opportunity to play adam graves joe murphy yeah right yeah absolutely uh... you got it and it's the push it, it it's it's keeping the pressure on, and I've said it I've said it more in games this year than I have in the last three years for sure, that they might not have scored, and they've actually scored a little bit more maybe than in the past, but I can remember doing games where you're going, that goal from the Tavares line came from the third and fourth line having two good shifts in a row that was followed up with two more and it's in the back of the net. That's what good teams are, and that's what good teams bring, and that has been missing especially come playoff time, you know, Tampa and Boston gets that from their third and fourth. And that's been a difference maker in those tight games that the Leafs haven't yet been able to get over come playoff time.
0: Martin Jelena was the uh, the third oh, yeah. on that line. He was the game winner in
2: three straight game
0: sevens. Man, oh man, was that a fourth line for you guys?
2: Yeah, yeah. And again, honestly, they, they did score some big goals. But often it wasn't the goal scoring no. it was just you know, just they hemmed top D pairing, they hemmed Ray Bork in, and then the top two lines would come out and and score the next shift or it's just it it is really you know you look at the cup winners. I was amazed last year again because you didn't know some of the guys in Colorado too, you know and camphor and obviously um you know you've got some guys veteran guys playing. Um, in a position where they get their chance. They know this is the role and they're comfortable with it. But there was a prime example of their third and fourth lines played way above what maybe the expectations were, but they bought in and they all knew their role. And it was it was clear that that's all they had to focus on and they were able to handle that kind of responsibility.
0: And Adam Graves hit like a truck. And no, <laughs> that <laughs> that's helps. the other thing I remember about your cup run is that uh, Adam can turn around and one day score 50 goals. But yeah. in that instance, he was a, a fourth liner that uh, that helped win a Stanley Cup in that situation. One more for me, Simmer, before we let you go. And that's just uh, a kind of a, a go big or go home when I see the Leaf power play. And they, I know they went 0 for 0, just 0 for 2 on Saturday night. But, yeah. I mean, now we're watching Morgan Riley step back into that and have a prominent role once again on the number one power play line. But from that to off of it to five forwards here in the next few weeks towards getting towards a, a, a trade deadline or that first round what would what do they need to do to lock in that this is a dangerous power play and this is you know what you're getting because it's consistent
2: yeah you know consistency is it but also part of that consistency nick is the um, the willingness and ability to to consistently change too like not necessarily personnel but different looks and i've noticed that something doesn't work for a game or so they they try to move guys around to different spots and you know i think that's going to be critical especially when you get again into a series where you have the same penalty killing unit for potentially seven games in a row you know you you can't be ultra com- predictable and and be in a Space where you do the same thing all the time, you know, albeit you look at it, Edmonton and it seems like Drysdale and McDavid, just those two guys just are almost a guaranteed goal. And I, I don't think you see that yet with the Leaf power play getting in that much of a rhythm. I don't think they've been able to find the open looks for Matthews nearly as effectively. Part of that might just be trying different things, but it also, you know, has a lot to do with the defenders against them but I don't think there's any question. This is the time of year when you get into that 48 to 60 range where you go make your decisions on how we're going to do this. I don't think you abandon the five forwards. I think there's a use for it. So you got to use it at times to keep it sharp, but there's no question if Morgan Riley's going to be that guy, you got to find something positive to happen for him. I mean, he needs one to go off somebody's rear end a defender and get a goal right. and get the zero off the board and, he needs some, some confidence. He needs some positive things to happen here soon.
0: Simmer, it's going to be a busy week for you. Four games, uh, the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs, right up until Sunday's uh, matchup against the Washington Capitals. Uh, have some great calls, and we look forward to your, uh, your uh, appearance next time on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Thanks for
3: doing this. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good week. Thanks, Simmer.
0: Two-time Stanley Cup champion, Craig Simpson.
3: Mm-hmm. I love the idea about a fourth-liner who wants to be a fourth-liner. Who's like, I'm here to be a fourth liner. I'm so pumped to have this role. I'm going to do my best as a fourth liner. Not like, I'm here, but if I have success, I'm actually Joe Thornton. I'm going to play with, you know, Matthews and Marner. Like, I'm actually a first or second liner. But just for now, I'll do this.
0: If I remember correctly. That's what what happens when you you eliminate
1: the the one-dimensional, you know, heavyweight. (laughs) Right. Well, that's what you talked about last year, Kipper, remember, with Spezza and Simmons that there are guys who are playing on their fourth line, but they're not fourth liners.
4: Yeah. And it feels like a demotion for them to be there. In all
0: honesty, they could be in the league 15, 20 years. They haven't got a clue how to do it. And that's not being disrespectful to Jason Spezza. It's actually a compliment. He is. (laughs) Because he played on the top line (laughs) his whole life. I'm so good. He's just put in a spot where it's like looking around the room going, Seriously? no one else can do this i gotta do it okay i'll, I'll do my best I mean, dump and it he, in and he
3: did for the most part he did it jason spezzett was an unbelievable leaf trooper did everything asked of him but it's not a natural thrill for him to go out there and get punched in the face and block a shot for the team you know if you're 26 years old and you're bobby mcmahon you're like shoot it at my neck <laughs> i'm just happy to be here
0: absolutely Just a follow-up on the power play as well. Uh, You sent some interesting uh, stats on Morgan Riley. He just does not shoot the puck.
3: Morgan Riley in 100 minutes of power play time this year has – Sammy, did you see the number? let me have it. Six shots in 100 minutes of power play time. Oh. He has attempted 18 shots, which is one every five minutes of power play time. Well,
0: it's not good. That's an amazing stat. For six a guy shots that's on net. at the top.
3: Scored 21-year. How did that happen? <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. Zero goals, six power play shots in 100 minutes of power play time. With I understand that you're out there with amazing players. So you're yeah. a to defer. But you've got to throw the odd fastball so they don't see the change up coming. Yeah, he's just pumping 95-mile-an-hour so straight
0: continue down. Continue to play the flanks <laughs> yeah. right between Matthews and Marner. And it's clear that it's overwhelmingly on Matthew's side.
3: You know, even if it's 50-50 or whatever, it's too much. It's too much. He's got to shoot sometimes.
0: He he must look it off. With the threat of Matthews and Marner on both sides, there has to be some good, decent looks that that you... Look off. Yeah. That you don't take. Definitely. And you can't tell me that everything's blocked for Morgan Riley on the power play. No. Not with Matthews and
3: Marner on the on, on the sides. Well and if it is blocked, you need to open it up. You know, you he
0: know He has no confidence to put the puck Mike on, on Green. That, other than a
3: wrist shot, maybe. Yeah. Mike Green with Alex Ovechkin is one of my favorite. The way he played, I didn't love his overall game, but I love the way he played the point with Ovechkin because he'd show shoulders that way and shoot this way. He'd show arms this way, turn like fakes, deception. He would create lanes and eventually, oh yeah, Ovechkin. When he had, you know, when it was there. But that's Morgan's job is we all know that Matthews is a shooter and Marner can facilitate, but it needs to be. You know, you're uh, think of yourself as a magician on stage doing misdirection. You got to do a bunch of stuff before you throw the ball to the, you know, or you give it to Matthews.
1: He just, I don't know. Like, you just wish that he would. I love power plays that have a bomb at the top. I don't know. It's because maybe growing up with McCabe. Like, I just, I've got used to that sort of thing. I love that sort of thing. And I know the analytics don't love that, do they? No. The point shot? No. But... The threat of it still needs to be there for me. And I think that's why the, the power play doesn't struggle at all times, but there are times where it sputters and there's time. like it should, shouldn't it be higher in the league than it is? But or are also, they top 10? Also,
0: listen, you're the only team in the league with $40 million, over $40 million in four forwards. You're damn right it should be at the top of the league as power play.
1: And it's, it is 10th in the league. But to me, it should be one or two easily and maybe a big part of that is because the, t- the defenseman yeah. at the top doesn't shoot it. If you're
3: a PK against the Leafs, it should be like Ono oh, Marner, Ono oh, Matthews, Ono oh, Marner, Ono oh, Matthews and then all of a sudden Morgan Riley's coming down Broadway, you know, with a, a clean look because the threats
1: are typically at the flanks. Some interesting names in the top 10 for uh power like play. Like Ottawa, and and- Ottawa's 5th, Buffalo's 4th, Kings ninth. To me those teams should not be- have power plays ahead Shabbat. of them. Well, they
0: hated Shabbat to start the season on the power play. I mean, as he he must have caught fire. Erasmus Dallin runs
3: the Buffalo one. Drew Doughty runs the, runs the LA one. You know, Tampa's up there because of uh, Headman. Or Sergeyev, Jeff, sorry. Kucherov, Kucherov.
0: Kucherov, yeah. Feeding. And
1: it, then the Oilers have, you, you know, know, who they have. The special teams, to me, is something that's concerning. Going well, no, the into the playoffs. power plays killed them.
0: You know that, right?
1: I do know that. And I know... And their their penalty kill going up against the Lightning in the first round, it's got to get better. It's not good this year. It's seventeenth in the league. Yeah,
3: I was going through the um, a couple of articles today and potential names for the the Maple Leafs to add, and I skimmed over a couple of like offensive D men because really, like, is that what the Leafs need? But then I kind of stopped myself at the bottom of the list. Like, it, it is an area they could get better. You know, like John Klingberg could make a difference. To the Leafs power play, which has been a debilitating. So could Chickren. Yeah. You know, like so I don't Carlson. want that. I want a physical D man who can play in the top four, which is Scott Mayfield or something. You know, I would love Timo Meyer, but boy, an elite offensive D man wouldn't hurt. A lot of
0: boxes to check. For Kyle Dubas. With no uh, cap space. With no cap space. Okay. Uh, Jason Bruff's going to join us out of Vancouver. Oh, boy. Coming up. This. Because this is a story that just continues to flame. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, I don't think it's uh, dying down with Rick Tockett named head coach yesterday.
3: Do we have the clip of the mispronunciations? When are we playing that? Play we'll play later. that after. All right. We'll play that after Bruff. We also
0: have uh, Daryl Sutter on his prospect that he played uh, Jacob Pelche. Josh Norris, as we uh, talk about Ottawa, out for the year. Max Pacioretty oh, re-injured it sucks. an Achilles tendon tear. That is just devastating, That's devastating. to Carolina. And uh, Sammy, great news. Zach Hyman, first star of the week in awesome. the National Hockey League. I know that warms your heart. Just really happy for the guy. All of that <laughs> when we come back. After these words, you're watching and listening to The Real Kipper and Bourne Show.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, let's get right
4: to it.
0: Yes, sir. The Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks. Can you imagine if this stuff was happening in Toronto?
3: I don't know if this is much better Vancouver, but yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It'd it's, just be the same. it would be relocating the same fire and making <laughs> it slightly larger. All right. Let's welcome in Jason Bruff, co host
0: of Halford and Bruff in Vancouver. So they are one hundred percent on
3: top of this. Like uh I think Bruff actually broke the news about Talk it's uh hiring date. Is that right, Bruff?
6: Hey boys, how's it going? Yeah. Uh <laughs> I did, kind of. Um, I was actually, it was funny, I was looking back at my uh, my text, um, and the first inkling I got that this management group wasn't exactly thrilled with Bruce Boudreau and the way he coached, guess how far back it goes. It goes back to March of last year. <laughs> Is that good? March, March of last year. I got a text from a guy, um, and he said, I think they're going to can Boudreaux. And I was like, really? Do they know the fans love this guy? And the Canucks are actually winning games. So, you know, that was my first inkling that um, not all was well in that relationship. And then a million other things happened (laughs) that uh, made it pretty clear that, you know, Bruce Boudreaux and he's just not Jim Rutherford's um, type of coach. And in hindsight, they should have just dealt with it. But, There are two reasons, I think, good reasons, and I'm not sure, you know, it might be a bit of both, why Boudreaux was still the coach this season. Number one, um, there is uh, reason to believe that perhaps ownership didn't want to pay three coaches because then they would have been paying Travis Green. Bruce Bruce Boudreaux had a bit of a buyout for his contract. and Then they would have had to, of course, pay um, their new coach, and the other reason um, is that it would have been really tough to fire Bruce Boudreau because he did have success down the stretch in Vancouver and Canucks fans loved him. And what if they did fire him and um, and they bring in a new guy and the Canucks show who they really are and then they're like, wait a minute, why did you fire Bru- Boudreau? So mm-hmm. in a way, like the Boudreau-Bruce-there-it-is story last season made it very difficult on management. That also being said, management did not handle this well.
0: God, I don't even know where to start with you, <laughs> but I'm going to try Does, does, does that make sense, boys? Yes. Like, does yes. that make
6: sense, that whole story? Yeah, it makes it, sense, it, right? It, yeah,
0: yeah it, it plays out perfectly, um, but yeah. what we're not supposed to see is how obvious it is. Right. That's the difference. Exactly. And so who do the Vancouver Canucks hold accountable for this kind of what should be a reality show? Is its it... <laughs> is it um, Aquilini, the owner, or is it Jimmy Rutherford? And why never Alvin, who's the GM of the team? And oh, okay, uh, okay, you know I. <laughs> oh, right, him, he, he, right, that guy. Here's uh, I'm watching yesterday, and there's Patrick Alvin yeah. in the middle, right yeah. in the middle, going, <laughs> "I've made a coaching decision." And I was That's like, like no, "You didn't." Oh, you did, <laughs> did you? Oh, wow, yeah, that, you yeah, did. Yeah.
6: Where were you
0: the last six months? <laughs>
6: Yeah, that was funny you said. It. it was almost like you made it be like, you know what? I woke up this morning yes. and I had to make a decision. Yes. I was like, well, it's lucky Rick Talkett was already in town.
4: <laughs> what, why didn't you just
0: tell us how hard it was to convince Jimmy Rutherford of this? Right, yeah. But anyways, um, um who, who, yeah. who, who, where do the fans go first for accountability? Rutherford.
6: Well, I mean, uh, uh, Rutherford for me, um, ownership is always a factor in all this. But I think... Um, Here's, here's how this a scenario that could have played out differently, guys. Um, Rutherford could have, for lack of a better way of putting it, lied and said, yeah, we love Boudreaux, especially if he knew that he was going to be forced to bring him back or especially if he knew that, you know, the, for the two reasons that I, that I laid out, it was going to be tough to fire him, right? Yeah. So um, bring him back, give him support publicly. And then guess what, guys? Have you watched the Canucks play? They look like one of the worst coach teams I've ever seen.
3: Truly, it's a disaster. Uh, yeah, like the,
6: like the Bruce there it is would have died out and it would have been like, hey, Bruce, fix the PK. Bruce, you know, like, why are the Canucks surrendering five goals every game? Like, that's the thing about all of this. Um, you can believe two things, like, and this is what I believe. Number one, the, hand, the management handled this badly and um, was unfair to Bruce Boudreau. Number two, Bruce Boudreau deserved to be fired. Yeah. Right, You can yeah. believe both those things, right?
3: Yes. No, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So then where does the owner fall in this? Because if Rutherford wants to fire him, it feels like the story everyone says is like, oh, but Aquilini didn't want to pay three yeah. guys or whatever. So, you know, is it ownership meddling? Is the fan base spinning some, any resentment there?
6: Oh, of course there's resentment there, but it's all, you know, it's, it's hard to pin down with the exact words because we never hear from the owner. Right, yeah. like he's—he's he's not a—he's not—he's a public figure, but he doesn't do press conferences. He, for some reason or other, has stopped tweeting this season. It seems a little odd, but like we just don't know. So unless I'm, you know, you know, like hack their emails, then and I'm probably not going to do that because it's wildly illegal. Then I don't know what's being said behind the scenes. Um, I always think like, you know, if you take a job as. The general manager or the president of hockey ops, like you have to know what you're getting into, and sometimes you're going to have to deal with an ownership situation, and the decisions that you make, you have to own them, and if you don't want to own them, quit, right? Walk away from the job, and but if but if you but like re-signing JT Miller, there's this big thing like, oh, it was ownership, I bet. Well, okay, I mean even if that's true, it was still. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Galvin that were in charge when JT Miller was resigned, and you know, I mean, that contract. Like, do you know how many people in Vancouver were like, "Don't do that." It was the same people that were saying, "Don't trade for Eric Branson. Don't sign Louis Erickson to the long-term contract. Don't trade for OEL." Right, and yeah. so those people. So part of the reason there's so much anger in Vancouver. And it reminds me, frankly, of of the Leafs pre-Shanahan. Like you're, there's like all these people saying like, "Don't do this," and then they do it, and then they're like, "I told you so." So maybe you should start listening to other people mm-hmm. and stop doing dumb stuff. Because so many of the Canucks' issues, and this is really mm-hmm. frustrating. Like they are um, self-inflicted, right? They're they're all self-inflicted. If they would have just done nothing, they'd be in a better position. Um, over like. If they had put, like, I don't know, a rock in charge of this team, um, they would be in better position because they, they've made so many self-inflicted mistakes. Yeah.
0: We're talking to Jason Bruff, who does a great job covering the Vancouver Canucks out west. Uh, Jason, do you buy into the thought that uh, Rick Tockett uh, was going to come in and straighten J.T. Miller out and he's exactly what J.T. Miller needs and blah, blah, blah.
6: I think it's part of it. I think it's it's what they're hoping You, you went and um, spent
0: $55 million on a guy that needs straightening <laughs> out? Are you yeah, kidding
6: know, me? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's part of it, but I, I don't think that's the lead thing. I think the lead thing is um, can Rick Tockett teach this team how to defend? Like, I'm doubtful about it because um, I don't think they have enough players with, like, the just like the instincts to play defense right you know what you know what's funny is like a lot of the whipping boys in Vancouver guys like Lou Erickson and Brandon Sutter those two I'll I'll, I'll single out especially like they weren't like worth their contracts and they weren't it wasn't a good trade for Benning to go out and get Brandon Sutter you know what those guys were great penalty killers defended right they were great penalty killers. Like they weren't. They weren't. Ter- they, they. 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 You know, ter- whoever was coaching them, whether it was Willie Desjardins or Travis Green, like they put a ton of defensive responsibilities on those guys. Like Brandon Sutter would constantly go out there against the best players, and he'd be given that job. He was a right shot guy that the Canucks had been looking for um, to win face-offs on the power play or on the PK forever, and they haven't found that guy. And you know, you got all these guys. You lose. You lose Sutter. You lose Erickson, You lose Tanev and Edler. And you go, why does the PK suck? And you're like, look at the guys that are out there. They're not penalty killers. Damn. And they got a PK that's rolling up 66% or whatever. It's pathetic.
3: Yeah, 66%. I mean, imagine every time the ref's arm goes up, there's a 35% chance the other team's about to score in the next two minutes. It is a terrible equation. So I guess yeah. my question with some of these decision-making is, you know, you mentioned Rutherford is your guy that's kind of taking a lot of the heat for this.
5: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: a lot of it feels like he hired so many people this off season or the, in the last little bit here. And none of them had experience, right? Alvin, uh, Castingay yeah. is it Granado. Um, you know, even the Rachel Dory situation, like all these people who hadn't had extensive runs in hockey before to me, doesn't that quintuple the pressure on Rutherford? Cause you're saying, I don't need anyone who's done this before I've got it. You know, I will be the guiding light. And to me, the the hires amplify the pressure on him because he has said i will teach them i'll be the veteran guy to lead the way instead of you know basically saying uh, i need some help here
6: you know what jim rutherford didn't have experience in working in a canadian market (laughs) fair enough where where you throw out comments about your coaching staff and guess what people are going to look into that Mm -hmm. you know he was in carolina for a long time and um i mean i'd love to go to a game in carolina it looks like fun but it's not exactly a a madhouse for hockey you went to pittsburgh where you had a lot of success right there's some good reporters and some dogged reporters there but you want to do stanley cups right like it's it's and and also like the team he took over there there seems to be this narrative that he turned this team from like nothing into into like the stanley cup winner like yeah he made some good moves there he made some trades he found a whole line with Kessel and Benino and Hagelin. Like those were great trades that brought in guys like Trevor Daly. He did good work there for sure. But he didn't turn that team from like the worst team in the NHL to a Stanley Cup champ. They were just underperformers it, in the playoffs.
0: It got ugly right? for him at the end too. He was tired. Yeah. He was burnt out. Mm-hmm. People weren't happy mm-hmm. with him. He wasn't happy with their board. It got ugly at the end there for him.
6: Yeah, no, it did. You know, and, Actually, uh, Bourne, I wanted to ask you a question. Mm. Uh, you won't come on our show anymore, so uh, I wanted to ask you a question. I,
0: I'm exclusive. Um, He's exclusive here. Right. On He's on right. so Kipper and I are nice. We, we put him away at night.
6: Hey, I, I, I don't blame you for not coming on our show. I wouldn't come on our show, but I have to. Um, <laughs> when the New York Islanders hired Barry trotz, yes, because I know you follow the Islanders
4: real yeah. closely, uh.
6: when they hired Trots, were there people out there that were like not even Trots? to make this team play defense because I, I often look to two examples of run and gun or defensively irresponsible teams that have, you know, they made coaching changes and they made philosophical changes. Like Dallas was run and gun and was really fun, but they didn't defend and it cost them in the playoffs. So they they dialled back and they learned how to defend, and I think that's in their DNA now. Right. The Islanders were terrible defensively before Trots. I think they were the worst defensive team in the NHL. They bring him in, all of a sudden they got structure there, they got mind yeah. and belief. Uh, there will be people that say, like, Vancouver couldn't do that just because they don't have the personnel. But I'm just wondering what they were saying about the Islanders before Trotz went there.
3: I actually got in some trouble around that time with Islanders faithful because I wrote an article that I thought that Doug Waite was maybe the worst coach I had seen yeah. of an NHL team. The Islanders were <laughs> dysfunctional defensively. I mean, they, mm-hmm. it, there was absolutely nothing going on there. And then, yeah, within years... You know, Trots had turned them into, he wanted Jack Adams there for, you know, a team that was exceptional defensively. So, you know, there was personnel turnover in that time too, but certainly yeah. a coach has a huge impact on it. To me, the two biggest ways to judge a coach are penalty kill and defensive stats, whatever you prefer, expected goals mm-hmm. against, whatever it may be. Those are the two measures for me and, and the Islanders got way better there and fairly quickly. I, I don't know if the Canucks can do it, but they can be better than worst in the league.
6: Yeah. I don't know if they can do it either. Um, I, cause I, I don't, I don't yet really know uh, how good a head coach Rick talk is. Like I know he's done some good work, uh, but I also know that he's got a losing record. But on the other hand, his rosters haven't been that great. Like I don't think many people would have had that much success with, with Arizona. So I, you know what, to be perfectly honest with you guys, like I I'm kind of, the drama has been fun at times, I suppose. And I suppose at times it's been decent for ratings, but like, I just want to watch hockey for a bit now. The Canucks became so predictable; like every game was the same. Oh, they gave up five goals. The PK stinks. Oh, they gave up some shorties too. Well, that's fun, right? Like, and it was just like there was they—they were making no progress. In fact, they were—they were getting worse. I want to see what Taka can do with this team. You know, whether it works out or not, I think it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: There are times when I think uh, Rick got Arizona overachieve. Yeah, um, and I think he he can push a few guys, but. Um. One more for me, Jason, before we let you go is, is where does this, does this get better for Jimmy Rutherford? Like I, I just, I'm with you a little bit moving forward here. You got JT Miller who's got an untradeable contract right now. You got Bo Horvat on his way out. Um, You've got uh, Brock Besser, who we think is on his way out. Garland may be looking at a buyout. Ekman Larson's been a disaster. Myers, we think, is on his way out. Jeez. Like, please stop. Please stop. Please <laughs> stop. Oh, oh, oh. Please stop. How, how, how does? <laughs> how, does <laughs> how, how does Jimmy get himself out of this mess here? Does, how can Rick buy him time? Can he or like where is the end game for Jimmy Rutherford to turn the perception of Vancouver Canuck fans?
6: Yeah, I mean, that they, they have a massive challenge ahead of themselves. I'm, I'm doubtful they can do it, but I've said a billion times about this team. Gee, I hope I'm wrong about this. I rarely am, but, you know, I hope I'm wrong. But they say, like, you know, it, it's funny. They they have this whole thing where they're like, uh, I know Canucks fans want a quick turnaround. And the market's like, no, we don't. We, don't we just want it done right. Right? And, and like, I think in some ways, like, I think they they think a quick fix is, like, three months. Because Jim Rutherford seems to think that he can get this team turned around in a year or two. Those are his words. He had an exchange with Thomas Drance in the, not this press conference, but the press conference the week before, where, where, where you know, he asked Drance, he was like, well, what do you think is a quick turnaround? And Drantz hit three years. And Rutherford was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Like, I thought you were going to say, like, three weeks or something like that. And he's like, no, like, he's got to turn over this roster. He's got to trade, like you say, like, there's so many bad contracts. He couldn't do it last offseason. You know, I think it might loosen up a little this offseason, but I think it's still going to be tough to move out money. It's going to be expensive. They don't have prospects. They're capped out. They're not a very good team. Like, does that seem like a team that can be turned around in a year or two? I don't think so.
3: Yeah, when you see them lifting the cup in five years or whatever it is, it's the, not many names left on that roster. Hughes, Petterson, Demko. No.
6: Well, and and the, and the other thing, too, is, like, there's this... I don't know. I, this may be a bit unfair to say this, but, like, people seem to believe that Hughes and Petterson, like, those are the only two elite players that they're going to be allowed forever, right? Like, go find other guys. Don't you think it changed? Like, Colorado had mckinnon and um you know rancin and landis and then they found the car and it was like a game changer you know like they need more elite talent which is why i want them to get first round draft picks not waste their assets their limited assets on reclamation project go and fix it and fix it the right way
3: i hope i'm wrong guys (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm sure it'll be easy to get Pedersen on a long-term deal after all of this.
3: Oh, my God. He'll be playing for yeah. Moto before he's playing for the Canucks in a few years.
6: Uh, oh, my <laughs> God, guys. Uh. It's always fun. Can you guys go pick on the Flames or something yeah, for like a while? We're We got Daryl Sutter. Leave us alone. Leave <laughs> us alone. Just leave us alone. We're. Tr- we're it's the Jack Stanika years now here in Vancouver. So, all right. Daryl Sutter yeah.
0: bought you some time there with his comments about his prospect. Don't worry. Yeah. Thanks,
3: Bruff. We appreciate appreciate it, bud. Jason Bruff.
6: Hi, guys.
0: Thanks. Co-host of Halford and Bruff. Bleak. It ain't getting any better.
3: Well, it's really hard. And you know
0: Vancouver Canuck fans, they are, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rude. Vicious. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Rude. Mean. Yeah.
1: Vicious. They'll come back when they're good again. Love what he said about. Not sure if it will be before that. Love what he said about Boudreaux. About how it's like, yeah, you can be sad, but they stunk. And they lost every night with a horrible penalty kill and no structure. It's like, yeah, two things can be
3: true. 100%. Deserves all the sympathy he's getting. Also deserves to not be running
1: the team. God, that was sad on Saturday night. That oh, was sad.
3: Oh, oh, my God. Thing's Holy
1: it's like hell. watching
0: The Young and the Restless, for God's <laughs> sake. It is. Agree. I was kind of, ch- I would turn the channel. I don't, well, don't want to see a grown man cry
1: behind the bench. My, my mom was, like, time rooting time for the Canucks. Can. She's like, they got to win it for Bruce. I'm like, oh,
4: oh my God. God. <laughs>
1: yes, Bruce. <laughs> Fire him! Get leave. Well, that's
3: Bruce didn't deserve. He didn't want. Doesn't but want the, that either. He should
1: have been fired months ago. Right. He should have been spared
3: this indignity. It,
0: we can all go through our careers I didn't deserve to be on waivers that March in <laughs> nineteen, you know, ninety-seven. Right. It's a, they treat people like crap sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, it's, it, we're we a family. We're cry. A family until it's a business. Can't cry. Well, Bruce for Bruce. It's Bruce, the end of a there it is. Seven-year career. Bruce, then and make goes, no mistake. Well, it's the end of a 47-year career, unless he's an assistant coach somewhere.
0: You don't know, suppose he's going to get another job? Maybe that's part of the reason why he's crying is because he knows it's well, done.
3: That's it. But I'm wondering if like so just do that behind closed doors.
0: Him? Don't do that. yeah over- he's an emotional God. guy. He can't and help himself. Bruce, that. I'm like everybody else. I, I love Bruce. But part of what but there's no Bruce crying is in hockey. That- <laughs> I
3: agree. I, I agree. stole agree.
0: the baseball line.
3: Yeah, but. He'd be the perfect guy to be an assistant. Go communicate with the players. Check in on guys. See how they're doing. Report back to the head coach.
0: Can never happen.
3: Rick Bonus. He's Rick Can Bonus. Can never and
0: happen for the same reason why they never hired Rick Talkit here as an assistant. Can't can't have a guy that's bigger than the head coach, or is drawn to media fans. Can't have your most popular guy on the bench not dressed. Your assistant ah, coach who says you can't. No, you can't. Can't just, you can't. Can he's
3: a head? No, <laughs> ask, ask
1: a head coach if he wants that. Well, I, sure. he's a head coach or nothing. I agree with Kim. But Ron you know
3: what? One. The Toronto Maple Leafs don't let their assistant coaches say tickety boo to anyone. Yeah, oh, they don't that. let anyone say anything. Oh, to in, anyone, hey, uh, so. hey,
0: and Bruce Boudreau, after all these years, is going to keep. You know, you, you got to keep your mouth shut now, Bruce. You're going to tell Bruce. You think Boudreau, Bruce would rather do that than sit on his plastic covered hey, uh, couch? Uh, oh, and, oh, you're an assistant <laughs> coach now. You can't talk.
4: Yeah, yeah sure. You tell him that. It's a condition of being a
1: blue jacket. Yeah okay, <laughs> like who's a as high profile coach of as Bruce Boudreaux is that's ever gone and been an assistant is that is that happened I, like I'm just asking this guy if you can remember one off I don't know I got nothing like I, I don't think names. that's something that really happens. Let's see al arbor beside uh no <laughs> <laughs> <Doug> <laughs> yeah. wait yeah. okay, we
0: were kidding when we said daryl sutter uh caused a a few waves with his post
3: game comments on a prospect, their first-round draft choice. Yeah, Eric Francis wrote a rather scathing column, justifiably so, on how it lacked humanity, and it was this kid's big moment, well, first-round pick, makes the NHL, gets in his
0: first know game. About humanity? That's I don't a little strong. God, it's, all te- he- it's all tears now. What did he deprive him of water on the
4: bench?
3: <laughs> <laughs> he deprived him of a lifelong goal. Oh my God! That's
0: a little moment. extreme. Humanity?
3: Maybe. Listen, got, listen to the
0: clip. Listen to the it, clip. Let me make sure tell I got me his phrasing this is right. Lacking humanity. What
5: did you think of Peltier's debut? Uh, what's that? What did you think of Jacob's first
3: few shifts
5: in the NHL? Uh, Jacob Pelte. What number is he? 49. 49. Six minutes, 35 seconds, 13 shifts. Average 30 seconds a shift. Good. 43 seconds in the power play, played five minutes, 52 seconds, had one shot, goal, and one hit. Beyond the stats. you learn
1: just from being on the bench and seeing
5: what the veterans on the team are doing? It's the NHL, 21 years old, You've got a long ways to go.
0: Okay, that's just being an ass, but that, that's not. That's being an ass. So that's, was, the that's headline not. is that
3: it lacked human decency.
0: Oh, uh, okay. It's still strong. It's disrespectful. It's crummy, for sure. It's crummy. It's disrespectful. But, you know, for whatever reason now, we're in the era where we need to just air dirty laundry out in public. We show everything on Instagram anyways. It's all show. It's just a show. That's what Daryl did there. Put on a bit of a show.
3: I think he's firing back at some people who've been hurting his feelings and he's being sensitive. Because everyone is like, this guy's hurting been... his feelings. I think the media had been saying this guy no. should be called up. He's ripping it up in the American no. League. Why isn't Pelche? Why doesn't he get an opportunity? Your team can't score. And no. then he calls him up, gives he... him six minutes. No. and
0: Well, my opinion?
3: Uh, that's, yes.
0: <laughs> that's why we're here. Daryl did that for one reason. He's talking to one person.
3: Old Jacob.
0: No. Oh, no, Mm. not Jacob. Mm. General manager? Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. That was for his general manager, Brad Tree Living, who my guess is told him to play him and he didn't want to.
4: Wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty big slap in the face of your boss. He says
0: he's a kid. All of that was just to tell somebody who told him to dress him and play him when he didn't
3: want him in the lineup. And then if you're the person who told him to dress him and play him, be like, how about you don't embarrass the guy who you didn't play? You gave him six minutes in his debut. Now,
0: that's just me from afar. Yes, I understand. That
3: is my...
0: Why are you so pissy? 12 years of being around pro hockey is telling me that that was not a message to the kid. Yeah, I'm just using you as an example here of don't tell me who to play.
3: That's interesting, and that would make a lot of sense. It would make more sense than just randomly being nasty about a kid yeah. who made his no. NHL Darryl's, debut. Daryl's
0: there's there's a reason behind all of that. Now let me madness. also say,
3: as
1: hilarious. <laughs> hilarious, it's
4: hilarious to it's, be
1: like, sorry, what number was he? That's one of the all-time sound bites to me. And the thing is, like, this is what he does. Like, remember when somebody asked about Johnny about C- his own players? <laughs> about Johnny controls He's like, I hope it's a hell of a lot better than his four ninety nine. He just does. This is him. I, mean, I, get, I didn't think it was that bad. It was.
0: Yeah, I it's just, mean. It's Mean. It's mean. It's a National League goal, fellas. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. This is where Daryl runs the risk of. The room with some young guys, you run the risk of, of losing them. Yeah. Right? Of being the guy who's they don't like the game has anymore. passed you by
3: and you don't know how to communicate with younger players and you pissed off all our prospects. Right? And
0: It's just, yeah, they, they tend to look after each other still. That's never going to leave our game. They kind of watch each other's back. They don't
3: like that, Darrell. They in, don't like the way you did to the kid. You know what Pelche said about it? He told me I played a good game. That's what he said. So Sutter clearly went behind the scenes and said, hey, you were fine. You know, I, I overstated it out there, and I didn't mean anything yeah. by it. I thought you played you know, a pretty good game. I was talking
0: to somebody else. Right. Right? Don't take it personally. You're going to be great. I believe what I said, that you're young and you got a long way to go. That That's all good. But just know something. You know, don't take it personally.
1: Yeah, I, want, I wonder if that talk... Has- Hasn't um, on our show Eric Francis said that when he's nice to the media is when he's the most pissed off and when he's the meanest to the media is when he's, you know, the happiest with the team? I think that's that, like that.
3: about wins and losses with yeah. the team. That, yeah, yeah. You know, he'll come out after a loss and say, actually, I think we were pretty good. Think uh, Daryl have any tears on the bench for his last game like Bruce? No. Think, what would it take to make Daryl Sutter cry? He's going to
1: literally ride on a horse out of the arena. <laughs> He's going on the bench beside him yes. for his last game. Yeah. Just rides it down the hallway. Um, so we got. Remember how I asked that question about coaches, assistant coaches? Yes. Or head Mark Crawford. Somebody tweeted me. He's he head coach an forever. An Mark
0: never. Mark not even close to like Boudreau. Uh, the the popularity of Bruce Boudreau. Jacques like Martin. He,
1: nah, not even close. Larry oh, Robinson. Close.
3: Well, listen, Bruce may be the most popular, famous coach ever I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm mean, just saying the
1: examples of that people have sent to me. Yeah yeah, since Those we are, talked about that. Yeah. People
3: with more wins include so guys, what? It's you, Al Arbor and Joel Quenville, maybe than Boudreaux
0: Ever? Not many guys can get away with a mustard stain on their tie, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some he is one of them. Oh. Oh. what? Whatever. For sure. He, he, it's just endearing. Oh, okay. It's like God's ah, Bruce. We got to are we going to play this funny clip? No, I save it at the okay, end. Okay, okay, okay. We'll save it because okay. we got to go back to that
0: one. Okay. Um let's go to uh, uh speaking of coaches hard on their players Butch Cassidy in Vegas yeah. on Jack Eichel. Let's have a listen.
5: Well, Jack just hasn't had been the same driving force for us. He was at the start of the year on both ends of the ice, um, so expectations are, are not being met from Jack. Um, assessing his play, um, he, he needs to be better for us. Uh, you know, especially we're, we're down a few guys that create offense for us. So he needs to be one of the drivers. Um, as for defensive turnovers, I we just talked about the first goal was a direct result of that. Um.
3: Man, that's right at him, eh?
0: Speaking say, of things that you could have said in private. You know, the one thing that stands out to me is I love it, by that, the way. Keep like, it up, coaches. But, you know, Cassidy can go to Vegas and say that about his $10 million player, but can you imagine, like, Sheldon Keefe saying that about Matthews or Marner right now and what what... what Yes, he Same did words. He I did know. it this week, what,
1: this, earlier this year, and we talked about it for a right? week and a half. And, and the story that it would create. Oh, you're right, about the division and the coach
0: and the star. And but convi- but, but we, this market drove Sheldon to go apologize or backtrack off of it. Did um, it not? It
3: was mm-hmm. awful. Right? Yes. And now,
0: like it's gone now in Vegas. It's a one-off.
3: We'll say, though, it does confirm some of Buffalo fans' complaints about Eichel. You know, like being it, overrated. Well, not overrated, but maybe plays when he wants to. A little bit of a prima yeah, donna at times. That could
1: lead to overratedness. Okay, yeah. <laughs> hasn't, hasn't scored in five games for them. <laughs> One point in five games. Yeah. You know that. Uh, My thoughts on Jack Eichel are very well documented. You think he's old, like baby? a maybe punk? Yeah. I mean, always, yeah. I mean, thought he's a punk, but
0: he's just got a lot of catching up to do. Seems like a little immature. Yeah. That's, that's right. But he's also like 28
3: growth. or something. Isn't he? Right. 25 now. I don't know. It, what it, it held
0: back his growth.
3: Yeah. Just being awesome all the time from youth. I don't know. Sometimes you don't get the, uh, you don't get a guy calling you out in the media saying you're falling short of expectations, but like Vegas made a all in bet on Eichel, you know, like patch Eddie out, you know, they, they cleared the way to make room for this guy's salary and what he supposed to do. What's he, uh, Point per game or a little better guy. You yeah. got to be real, real good yeah. for that money. Well, speaking Very of
0: uh, out for the year, Pacioretty, uh good. Josh Norris came back after, what, 38 games only to figure out that he needs major surgery, I guess, to fix his shoulder. And now Max Pacioretty ruptures his Achilles tendon just before training camp, before oh, training camp, man. comes back. What three goals? Three goals in five games? Three goals in five games, and then blows it out again. Oh man.
3: And just basically handling the puck below the goal line, not taking contact, not in the puck battle. It just You know where my first thought went on this?
0: Who is the doctor?
3: Who yeah. who Who okayed
0: him? Who is the doctor? What did he do? That the same thing happens. Yeah. Like that that should never
3: happen. Without contact, same injury. You're right. What Six they what they later. do to
0: that sort of stuff for the most part is they use like a, a synthetic weave to is that like, right? keep the whole thing together and there's a mesh and it's not, it's supposed to be almost bulletproof.
3: Yeah. Interesting and it's like he took his newspaper elastic band from that like, morning and was like this should hold. I don't know who the doctor was, but like That's awful man. I feel I don't know charity.
0: would would you go to that doctor?
3: No, I mean, so I tore my MCL training camp in the American League, went down and played, rehabbed for a month and a half, got it ready and tore my MCL a week later type of thing thinking that it was good to go. I ha- I really sympathize with these guys who put all their belief and trust in the doctor and say you tell me when i'm ready like i don't the, know you, you
0: tell me and, when i'm good to go and, and he got the green light yeah now w- did he need more time for it to continue to get stronger was it as strong as it was, ever should be or did they miss out another yeah. few weeks or a month did they bring him back to early made a difference would have if made it a difference yeah. or not i don't know Chances I have no are, idea.
3: yes. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how that injury is supposed to heal, and maybe you're right. If it is a synthetic material, maybe they'll say there's no more healing or maybe to be they done. Didn't
0: do it that way. Maybe they, yeah. they, maybe they perform something different.
3: Back Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I'm I fair. don't
0: know. Yeah, I have no idea. But that's that's the first place you're going to go to. Is did I get
3: the right? Advice. Poor Keynes, a eh? like this is a team that with cop aspirations that was like this is our one thing, our one thing that's going to put us over the top here from past years. Well, an extra score like this from nastiness,
0: too. But Pacioretty's contract—he signed a massive seven-year deal, did he not? Uh, in in Vegas, and is he on that last of it? He is. Last year, this so year. think about if you're him. Think about him now, okay? If he if he comes yeah, back successfully, year. and and scores like. He started to. He might be He's looking another at, seven million
3: dollar guy. He might again. be
0: another six or seven million. What? Yeah. How old is he? Thirty uh, three. He is thirty four. I think you're thirty four. Okay. He he probably has three years at another. He'd, five he, for sure. Yeah. If he could come back and score fairly three years regularly, you'd
3: give him five and a half per.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now six per. Uh, coming off two injuries to the same Achilles tendon. What's he gonna sign?
3: I don't. Know, not messing up my cap. He can go play for someone else. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to be a hard ass. Like, just my own opinion. Where I, the GM, I'm just not rolling the guy dice on a 34 year old whose Achilles is snapped twice. Like, it's not where my my risk wow. is going. Yeah. So I see your point about the difficulties. Let's make sure we get this clip in here.
0: Okay, we gotta roll it back to uh, uh, the Bruce Boudreaux, Rick Tockett, Jimmy <laughs> Rutherford fiasco on Sammy found this. I have no idea where he found it. I I will give a shout-out to my my, my good friend, Vic Palati. This really shows the growth of hockey south of the border. Let's have a listen.
3: Former Washington Capitals coach Bruce Baudreau has been fired by the Vancouver Can- Canucks. The team announced the change Sunday, less than a week after president of hockey operations Jim Rutherford said major surgery was needed to fix the Canucks. <laughs> Rick Tukid was hired as Boudreau's replacement.
0: Well, she got Rutherford right.
3: You know what's funny is, like, how much time we sit in here before we have to say a name? How many times did we confirm that it was rough and up bro today? I don't I'm the worst. But if
1: the but point no, is, but you ask right before a you go times. on air. You always do. With yeah, Lax, I do, with, I do. With Max Lapierre last week, you literally asked me 40 times. are like, like, la Ponche bleue? Le punch blue, yeah. Le
3: punch bleu. Like we're getting yeah, work on I it. Get it. You don't go out there and just guess all these names. Sometimes we get it wrong. But if your but not audience times in know, one clip, if, if your audience doesn't know Good either, point. Good point. What does she care? She could have said different name entirely. <laughs> yeah, I do have Smith. her.
5: I do have her later on in the hour, uh, doing another broadcast with the boudreaux and stuff if you'd like to hear no his, uh, no, more? yes of we course we do not
3: okay okay <laughs> no we do not <laughs> we've had enough of the poor lady No, she yeah does, leave it, her alone she does improve the boudreaux
5: pronunciation
3: <laughs> no we're good i guess the idea that you can get four names wrong in a 30 second clip that's that's tough to it <laughs> on the Canucks. the canukes kill me because you don't have to be a hockey fan to know that a canadian is colloquially called a canuck canuk Colloquially. Like, colloquially. Where Damn it.
0: We're, we're like, where would you pick that up if you even look at the spelling of it?
3: Right.
1: There's, There's no is... E on the end. <laughs> There's no double O. <laughs> okay. Stop picking on her. Hey. I Colloquially? There it is. Oh, man. You mispronounced something oh,
0: while
3: we were seven making <laughs> excited kids. about the big game tonight. I'm very excited about the game tonight. Yes. No, less so about the game and more so about the experience. Do you your remember son. your first NHL games? I do. I wrote about it in my book, Undrafted. Very cool. Which is still available. Yes. Go get I Undrafted. Should... It's great. I really enjoyed reading to read that. that. Simon Schuster. And yours is coming out when?
1: Uh February 14th, available for pre sale now. Penguin Publishing. First game ever saw, Maple Leaf Gardens. Paul Korea. I swore the rest of my life that he had a hat-trick in that game. Went back and looked at it last year. Zeroes across the board.
3: No way. Yeah. See, I swore Luke Robitaille scored a hat-trick in a game I went to, one of my first. Yeah, he had, like, one and two or something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. He just as a kid. you like, that player did everything. You guys, remember all that. I remember Paul Crea. That was well, right about of that. in my book is that I'm also a drunk, so <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything. All right. Our thanks
0: to Craig Simpson. Our thanks to Jason Bruff. Gave us all we needed to know about Vancouver. And then our thanks to, what's her name? Sammy's won't even tell me her name.
3: Friends who we talking about. The, the, the woman who said Canooks. Oh, yeah. I'd like <laughs> we to thank know. her, we're, too. We're not embarrass her.
0: And thanks all of you for watching, listening. Give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you a thumbs up on YouTube channel. We're back tomorrow. We'll give you everything you need to know about the Islanders and the Leafs. Have a great night, everybody.